you're listening to Mysteries Beyond. What mysteries lie beyond the reach of our senses? And who are you in this vast multiverse? Hello and welcome to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender. Since I did an episode on the Dark Feminine, to be fair, I figured I'd do an episode on the Dark Masculine. Especially because it seems sort of of a forgotten topic. And if not forgotten, then given an unequal amount of attention compared to the Dark Feminine. Alright, so in the previous episode of the Dark Feminine, we talked a little bit about the seventh hermetic principle, the law of gender, and how all things have a feminine and masculine element. And I briefly wanted to point that out again, because the male and female energy is a concept that comes up in almost every single religion. It's in metaphysics, it's in the occult, in the esoteric, it's in alchemy, right? It's a hermetic principle. It's a universal law, which means you can't escape it. The masculine and the feminine energy coming together and creating that unity is one of the most important metaphysical concepts because when they do, it creates life. But not just on the physical plane, in all planes of existence. In the spiritual plane, with our emotions, and actions. I'm sure you've probably heard this before, probably in some new age video, but emotion equals to energy in motion. What do I mean by that? I mean, as you think, as you feel, as you act. Take that in for a minute. I'm trying to think of a, of a relatable example here. Alright, so let's say you and a friend had agreed that you were going to hang out today. And then, all of a sudden, this friend cancels. They don't really give you a reason, but you know that the next time that you see each other, they're going to have an excuse. And because it's not the first time that they've done this to you, you kind of already consider them a flake. So this might be where your gears start turning, right? as I think. So then you'll think to yourself, I can't believe I fell for this again. They always do this to me. Next time that I see them, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Or next time that they ask to hang out out of spite, I'm just going to say no. And this is about where the emotion kicks in. So you might feel hurt. You might feel angry. Your ego took a punch. So as I think, as I feel, as I act, According to this example, as I think, you think that they probably did this to you on purpose. As I feel, you feel upset as I act. You're either going to start an argument next time that you see them, and or retaliate by taking action and saying no the next time they want to reschedule to hang out. And so, the way to heal yourself and or bring yourself back to balance is by changing the way that you think. By doing this, 
you'll change the way you feel and you'll change the outcome. You'll change your actions. Well, look at that. The law of mentalism showing up here. The first hermetic principle. It all starts in the mind. But I don't want to confuse you guys, so back to where we were. The male and female energies coming together to create that union to create life on all planes of existence. In the spiritual level with your emotions and actions, in the mental plane with the conscious mind and the subconscious mind coming together and manifesting, and on the physical level creating human life. So you see, these polarities are vital. The light and or divine masculine is what is more common and more accepted in today's society, I would say. And some of those traits consist of control, self-belief, and leadership. The dark masculine, on the other hand, is what is typically misconstrued as toxic, wounded, and or evil. And just to point this out really quick, both the divine masculine and the dark masculine can have wounded aspects to each side. You can call it wounded, unhealed, unbalanced, or disempowered aspects. With the divine masculine, too much self-control leads that quote-unquote nice guy to snap. And with the dark masculine, too much aggression can lead to violence. So both sides must remain balanced. Alright, so what is the dark masculine? What traits does it consist of? Here, you'll see that it's composed of traits such as being assertive, magnetic, strong, sexually confident, authentic, logical, intellectual, producing, active, expressive, and courageous. This is why the dark masculine is so appealing to many. It demonstrates a man who is in control of his emotions. It's attractive because here, a man is a master of his own energetic and or emotional domain. He understands his shadow and he's in touch with his sexuality. He respects women and honors the sacred feminine. He's not violent nor weak. He is aggressive and assertive. He's balanced and has learned to integrate his light and shadow side. He's basically a man who is grounded, knows what he wants, has a purpose, and is on his journey. So we can stop comparing and thinking about the light and dark masculine as good and evil. Because honestly, good and evil are subjective, just like looks. It's always in the eyes and or mind of the beholder. Because trust me, if you don't know me by now, and or if you're new to the show, there are some point of views that I have about good and evil that many might disagree with. I guess the point that I'm trying to get to is that there are some traits within the dark masculine that may be considered as negative and or bad by many such as anger or aggression. Anger and aggression are not necessarily bad when directed towards productive things. It's okay to be angry 
It's okay to have that emotion. You can learn to become aware of it, transmute it into motivation, and project it onto a project, perhaps, and get things accomplished. Same thing with aggression. Aggression isn't necessarily a bad thing. You can be aggressive with your goals. You can use aggression when you're working out. Oh, and by the way, I don't think I mentioned this in the previous episode of The Dark Feminine, but both the masculine and feminine energies can be found in both men and women. I just wanted to point that out in case it wasn't already clear. I'll use myself as an example. I identify as female, but there are many times where I embody those masculine traits. I am assertive, I'm aggressive, I'm logical, and whenever I set my mind onto something, I go and get it. And I've been told throughout my life that some people are intimidated by me, but I shouldn't have to hide or suppress those traits. And I'm sure there are many people out there who identify as male, but who at times embody that feminine energy. Maybe they're a little bit more nurturing and compassionate than others. And I think that's beautiful because that makes us all unique individuals. All right, so I did want to go over the movie The Beauty and the Beast, only because I feel it demonstrates the perfect examples of the divine feminine, the dark masculine, well, the disempowered dark masculine, and the transformation from the wounded dark masculine to the divine masculine. And given my movie references, if you haven't already guessed, yes, I'm a millennial. Alright, so in the beginning of the movie, we start out with the prince having an encounter with an old beggar woman. She comes knocking at his door, offering a single rose in exchange for shelter from the harsh winter. The prince, being spoiled, selfish, and unkind, turns her away. The old woman then warns him not to be deceived by looks and transforms into this beautiful enchantress. Of course, he then begs her for forgiveness, but she ends up turning him into a beast. Okay, so here we already see that wounded, unbalanced, masculine energy in the prince. When he's turned into a beast, that's when we see him at his worst. The beast represents those primal, animalistic-like traits that are within us all. The beast would be the male version, and you can think of the she-wolf for the female version, but staying on track with the beast. So essentially, the beast represents that unbalanced, dark masculine energy. If you've watched the movie, you'll constantly hear the other characters tell the beast that he has to watch his temper. So it's that anger, right? Because so far, it's only been destructive. He's angry, he's moody, he's upset all the time. His castle has fallen apart, there's stuff shredded, there's stuff broken all over the place. And he has been nothing but hurtful towards the people that care about him. Well, I should say figurines who were once people, but have been turned into furniture and or house appliances. It's clearly self-destructive, it's gotten him nowhere, and so something has to change. On the other side, we have Gaston, who is the movie's villain. 
he represents that toxic, wounded, dark masculine. He's arrogant, narcissistic, only into himself. He doesn't respect women. And some examples of that would be that he doesn't care about what Belle's passions are. In fact, when he sees her reading, he tells Belle that she should stop because then women start getting ideas and then they start thinking. And of course, he can't have that. He disrespects her by barging into her house, completely uninvited by the way. He puts his dirty feet on top of her furniture. Gaston is dismissive and completely emotionally disconnected. In fact, Gaston was willing to send Belle's dad to the insane asylum as a form of blackmail to get Belle to marry him. So clearly, Gaston desperately needs to do some shadow work. He's so far down the line, he is so blinded that he's not even aware that he has shadows. Belle, on the other hand, is the perfect example of the divine feminine. She has successfully learned how to integrate both her light feminine and her dark feminine side. That is why her name is Belle. It's not so much having to do with her physical beauty, although in the movie they do make it a point to mention and stress that it's unfortunate that she's so beautiful, but so odd. Towards the beginning of the movie, you hear the townsfolk comment on how she's very different from the rest of them. And that's probably because she's self-aware. Her name means Belle because it speaks to harmony and being harmonious, being balanced. Like the zodiac sign Libra, they are known to have the symbol of the scales, which means balance. It's not so much that they're just but rather harmonious. And Libra is ruled by the planet Venus, the planet of love, beauty, and harmony. So back to Belle. She is balanced, beauty, and harmony. So when Belle first meets the Beast, he was rude, a little too aggressive, but he had those other characters that allowed him to become aware of the fact that he had those shadows that he needed to work through. And so he was also open to change. Belle then, at appropriate times, had to tap in to her dark feminine and be assertive towards the beast. But as the movie carries on, we see those energies intermingle with each other, and we get to see Belle being nurturing and also tapping into her light feminine energy, which in turn helps the beast step into the light. By the way, this is one of the phrases that she says in the movie. She asks the beast, when they first meet, to step into the light. Perhaps it was done on purpose to foreshadow the ending, in which we literally see the beast transform, and we actually see the light protruding from his fingers and toes. And we get to symbolically see him integrate his shadow with his light and become whole, become the Divine Masculine. These themes that a lot of the times we see in movies are not new. They are concepts that date back all the way to ancient civilization and beyond. So the next time you watch a movie, keep your eye open 
And if you don't already, you'll soon start to pick up on these patterns and concepts within. That is why it's considered occult. Because it means hidden. That's why it's considered esoteric. Because it's information only understood by a few. But let me know what you guys think, and what you thought of the episode. And if you have any other movie examples that you'd like to share, please feel free to reach out to me, and you can do so at lauralavender.mb at gmail.com. Or you can also friend me on Instagram at lauralavender.mb and message me through there. And or on TikTok, same handle, lauralavender.mb. Also, don't forget to check out the website. I did add a few new things onto there, such as a blog section and some services that were requested I start doing. And well, here we go. Oh, and before I forget, I do want to give a quick shout out to Leon, who reached out to me by email all the way from Australia. So shout out to you, Leon. I hope you're doing well, and I enjoy reading your email. So thank you so much for taking your time to reach out to me. And shout out to anyone else in Australia who's also listening. I know we have quite a few people from there. From Western Australia, New South Wales, South Australia, Queensland, and Victoria. And thank you so much to the rest of you for supporting the podcast by listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode.